0: Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Headland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through His sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. My name is Michael Raftery, and I am here with Leif Hetland. Hello, Leif. Hello, hello, Michael. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm actually doing very well. You guys can't see this, but Leif is wearing this beautiful shirt that's got a a film strip on the front of it. So I'm pretty excited about it today. Because what did you tell me when you came in, Leif? It was an honor of you, Michael. It was an honor of me. So I was really excited about it. It's a beautiful shirt. So today, we are actually talking about something that I'm so excited about. Um, I grew up in a culture that was very focused on eschatology and the end times and the rapture, and, and every minute we thought that Jesus was coming back. So today we're talking about the signs of the times. Is this the end of the end times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sound effects. Dum dum dum. So Leif, um, as I said, I grew up in a culture that like, we were so aware of Jesus coming back. We talked about it all the time. Every time there was a sermon in the midst of our church, we were talking about the return of Jesus. And so I grew up thinking that at any moment, any night, he was coming back. I remember seeing a, a harvest moon, you know, when the moon is, is setting and it's kind of red and orange. And I thought it was the blood moon. I thought Jesus was coming back. I remember freaking out. I used to have these these little panic attacks growing up, and I called them forever fits (laughs) because I would be laying in my bed and nervous that Jesus wasn't going to come back at any moment, and I wasn't going to be ready for it. So I want to talk and hear you talk about Are we living in the end of the end times? I think that's a very good question, Michael.
1: And I think it's a question that at least has been going on for about 2,000 years. And somehow, if you look at history, you will find there's two different types of people. You'll find the people that understood the time they were living in. They knew what God was doing. And then you have the other group of people that did not understand the time. And often, as you start to see, in 2,000 years, every single one... Prophets, or the people that predicted, or the ones that operated in fear. For 2,000 years, fear has been a liar. It's been actually a liar longer than that, but in regard to this topic. And uh, fear is false evidence that's appearing real. And what fear constantly was going to help people was to look at the watch. Instead of while Jesus was looking at the harvest, he was looking at the wool, He was looking at the people. We were trying to see how we're going to get out of here. While Jesus was interested, who are willing to invite me to come into here? We were trying to like as I remember the seventies because I was born as I'm saying, kind of a middle sixties, uh, almost fifty-five years old. But the seventies was the, the, the yeah, it was a great falling away, and and I'm saying that kind of also with a joke right now, but it was was a scary season at a time as a kid uh, when Soviet Union was going to take over Norway. And there was all these different things. And we looked at Israel. We were looking at all those different things. And all of them were signs that we were in the end time. And then there was books like the late great planet Earth, other things like a movie. And I never forgot a group of us in a small little Bible study was going to watch the film The Thief in the Night. And I had nightmares for a long time afterwards because what that was is that the picture of that movie for the people that have not watched it was pretty much there's a small group of people that kind of they are on fire and they are ready and and Jesus is coming and he takes them up and then you have everybody else they're going to have to go through this tribulation. And the the first three and a half years was bad and then it gets worse the second three and a half years and and who is going to be able to survive all of these things and it was again fear 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 and it was a selling point and and we can watch that even if you start to continue on until I remember the y2k and I had some of my friends they were going to get cabins and I had somebody else that just reminded me to buy all the tin cans and toilet papers and we needed to store up because you never know some of those sinners maybe want to get some of our food. And it was this whole, I mean, fear is a liar and fear will always fail you, but Mm -hmm. love never fails. So we are going to look a little bit more about some of the signs Mm -hmm. that is taking place because it is important for people to understand the time that we're living in, the Kairos moment. I'm not talking about just the Kronos, but the time and where are we at? in God's eternal timetable? Those are the questions that I have been pondering for a long time, because the people like, I'm so glad, I, like a gen- General Patton uh, during the second war, I'm so glad that he understood the time that it, he was living in. And we wouldn't be where we are today if people didn't die on the beaches of Normandy, we wouldn't have the freedom we have today. Or if, I, if an Abraham Lincoln didn't understand the time or George, George Washington, and you can go through the history. But imagine if I took you back again, even 2,000 years. And we went to visit a little place called Nazareth. And in this place called Nazareth, there's this little boy. He, he's about 12 years old and he's playing soccer. And, and one of the boys, he's running home and saying, Mama, Mama, I don't want to play with Jesus anymore. He always wins. <laughs> or imagine somebody else that is out there playing with Jesus 2,000 years ago and saying, well, Mama, Mama, I don't, I don't want to hang around Jesus anymore. He always thinks he is right. And we can sometimes use that as a humor, but the reality was... All those people that didn't understand the time, they didn't recognize that uh, here is actually God is among you. And there was very few people, even at the time, if you're thinking about about 120 people in an upper room. So of the thousands of people that saw the signs, wonders, and miracles, and even in the middle of it, the disciples was asking the question. Because when Jesus says, I'm going to go home to my Father, they are saying, hey, but what is the sign? Because you said you're going to come for us. And they expected it was going to happen in their lifetime. And you have seen pretty much every generation ever since has been able to have some of the same things. And it is important. I'm not saying it is not important to be prepared for the second coming of Jesus. The only thing I'm saying is that do not listen to fear. Second of all, it is important to have this, what I call the Issachar anointing. They understood the time, but they also knew what to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. Now, I grew up—you you talked about The Thief in the Night. I, I grew up in the—I uh, was a youth in the midst of the Left Behind series. So when that all came out and then went to movies. And I remember going and seeing those movies and going and seeing the Omega Code and the Antichrist raising and all this different stuff happening and— and um, the way my mind works is one of my biggest strengths is connectedness. So I see different patterns happening, and and in my mind's always making connections on its own. So I would be looking at the news and looking at different things happening in the world, and because I had a paradigm for Jesus coming back at any moment and just sweeping me up in the midst of this, or me having to suffer in the tribulation, I felt like everything was pointing to this truth that like, oh, it's the end. It's the end. Any moment, any moment, any moment. So you talked about the Issachar anointing. So what is what does it look like to recognize the signs of the times, but to actually be able to read what's happening and, and parallel that to what is on the Father's heart. I think that, first of all, uh,
1: deception is very deceiving. Wow. That's good. And it's important for us to recognize that, that uh, I mean, we are actually pretty much being brainwashed from the social media to the news media and everything else, because a, a negative news seems to be able to be sell And even our palates is is actually, uh, it's it's almost as prepared to be able to taste bad news. But it is not always the truth. So I know we're going to have some other podcast, but is the world getting worse or is the world getting better? Mm-hmm. And I just went in and I looked at the facts and then I I just came home from Norway where I was just thinking about the, the Norway my grandparents grew up with and then the Norway my fathers and mothers grew up with and then the Norway I get to see today and to be able to see just how the world is getting better and better and better in every area way but people if you're asking people they think it's getting worse yeah. but it is not because we forget very easily we forget very easily when people are hearing about there's war or rumors of war terrorism or famine or this or that we do not even realizing that the fact is that there is less hunger people, there's less wars, there's less, I mean, you can go through every wow. statistics and I can prove it to you, even scientifically speaking, that the world is actually getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we're looking at the end time and some people, the naysayers and the doubt pushers, and I have to apologize, I used to be one of them because of my worldview. Yeah. Before my baptism of love, I actually thought that when something bad happened, it was actually good because it was a sign wow. for the end time. Yeah. So, when I saw there was bad things happening and the whole Palestinian-Israeli thing that was taking place. when bad things happened. That was actually good news for us. Because that means this is a sign. And then I have all the scripture verses. I have them right here that I was using. Because that was the lenses that I had on. But when I had my baptism of love experience and knew that there was a God that loves this world so much. Then my lenses changed. And I'm realizing, wow, let me just start by the ending. It started well in the book of Genesis, and it ends well in the book of Revelation. It starts with God. It ends with God. It starts with a family and it ends with a family represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. If I'm taking you into the future, Michael, and there the Bible says, because when Jesus appeared before John and opened up the curtain, let me show you what is about to come. And it says that after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people and every tongue, they're standing before the throne and the Lamb. Or in Revelation 5, 12 it says, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So what we're going to see is that there's going to come into a season where there's going to be a harvest, there's going to be a move of God's Spirit, there's going to be a new reformation that is going to take place where the kingdom of the Lord will become the kingdom of this world. It started with a garden, but it ends with a garden city, New Jerusalem. So when I look in the book of ending in Wall Street, inside trading is illegal, but in the kingdom, it is legal. You can look in the book of ending, and I realize how it ends. So if they are going to be represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language in heaven, multitudes as far as your eyes can see, guess what? They have to meet Jesus here on earth. So then, congratulations, Michael. Mm -hmm. We are born for such a time as this. But when you're looking at the graveyards, there is those people, there is that movie that was never made. Mm-hmm. There's that book that was never written because many of these people they didn't expect to be around. Right. And what saddens my heart, Michael, more and more is when I'm thinking about the ethics professors or the senators and all those people that we could have placed, the Esthers, the Daniels, the Josephs, the Nehemiah. we could have placed them into every area of society and to be able to turn this wall upside down for Jesus and bring glory to Him. But because that the believers, even for the kids in Sunday school, we were doing rapture drills and was trying to tell them how to get out of here instead of how to invest their life right. So the danger is for everyone that has lived through society that did not understand the time and did not know what to do. They didn't. As I said, they, they went perhaps to heaven. And I think that many people are sitting with gr- regrets to heaven, uh, because their hope was that I'm going to get out of here. It was like standing on a bus stop, hoping the bus is going to come and I'm going to be able to get on board the bus. But it was self in the center and fear was in the root of that both eschatology and their view of God, their theology. So for me, it's very clear that there's going to come a time when the glory of God is going to hover the whole earth as waters cover the seas. But the most important thing for me that became clear theologically, and that was in Matthew 24, verse 3, when the disciple asked Jesus, because we needed to make sure that we have a proper theology. And any view of God that doesn't look like Jesus, we need to put question mark. But here was the question to Jesus by the disciples himself. Jesus, Jesus what do you have to say about the end of the end time? So the question to Jesus is, as he was sitting That's verse 3, Matthew 24, 3. As he was sitting there, Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And here, listen. And what, Jesus, and what will be the sign of you coming? End of the end of the age. It's right there. The question is clear. What is the sign singular that we need to watch for? And then Jesus talks, oh, there's going to be earthquakes and famines and rumors of wars. And he has a whole list there. And the disciples are like, but then Jesus says, but the end has not yet to come. Don't major wow. on the minor. Don't, don't look at all those different things that is going out there. The end has not. Those are signs, but it's not the sign. Mm-hmm. But let me answer the question. Verse 14, Matthew 24, 14, one of the life verses changed me in regard to everything. And he says, but this gospel, which is the good news, not bad news, mm-hmm. of the kingdom, not just salvation to get out of here, but the kingdom, meaning Jesus rules and reigns in every area of life. It's the good news of a king and his kingdom must be preached as a witness or testimony to all ethnos, all nations, Mm. and then the end will come, those six words. When will the end come? When the good news, what good news? Of the king and his kingdom. Mm. The good news of the king and his kingdom has been preached as a witness or testimony. So the people have, it's been proclaimed and it's been demonstrated to all nations. And when you talk about a nation, Pakistan has four hundred and some sixty ethno-linguistic people groups. Wow. So it's not just you share gospel to Pakistan, no, you share to all those ethnic groups is going to be able to experience how good Papa God is and how loved they are. So uh, when that is happening, the end is going to come. So Congratulations, Michael. We are born for such a time as this. We are born during the greatest time that the world has ever seen. And with the COVID-19 and all those things that is going on, it's important for us to see how everything, everything to put the lenses of the king and his kingdom and the lenses to see things from heaven's view and heaven's perspective. Because then it's impossible for me to not wake up in the morning as an optimist, realizing that I was born for such a time as this. But if I were the devil, I would try to distract God's believers, listen to fear, instead of being able to see. This is actually the time, the Kairos moment. We are the only generation for 2,000 years that could finish the unfinished task, to fulfill the dream of Jesus, to fulfill the dream of the Father, and He's giving us the Holy Spirit. But the only weapon the enemy has is to distract the sons and daughters, operating as orphans instead of coming home and be full of love, full of power, and full of wisdom, the very love of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and the wisdom of Jesus, because creation right now is mourning and groaning for the manifestations of the sons and daughters to be revealed. Wow.
0: Come on. Like you're getting me fired up over here. Oh, I feel the fire in me. (laughs) There is fire in my bones. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremiah, Um, I have a question. You mentioned Issachar. And talk to me a little bit more about that. You said the Issachar anointing.
1: Yeah, if you remember Issachar, that were, of the twelve tribes, there was one, and that was Issachar. And it says that the Issachar, the purpose for the Issachar, and it's taken from First Chronicles twelve thirty two. They had an anointing, the Issachar anointing. They understood the time, but they also knew what to do for Israel. Wow. So while all of the stuff was going on, one of the tribe, one of the sons and daughters, if you can use that, one family of the 12 that came out of Jacob there, of the family, their special sauce, their uniqueness was to be able to discern the times that they were living in, wow. so that the people didn't get distracted about what a time it was not. So they were able to see what God was doing instead of what the devil was doing. So their assignment as an, an anointing, that is a core anointing, was to understand the time. But not just understand the time. There is people that understand the time we are living in and the prophetic people. But they don't give us the wisdom what to do about it including with all the shaking that's going on, because there is a shaking going on, and we recognize that on a global level. I am not getting blinded that everything is just getting lighter and lighter, because it's also getting darker and darker at the same time period. But that is a car anointing, and this is part of the things, and we can probably even do a podcast just on that. But that is a group of people that God is raising up for such a time as this. They understand the time, but they also know what to do. And they also know what not to do. It's that incredible wisdom. And that's also being raised up. And this is part of my assignment is to raise up also sons and daughters of glory with that Issachar anointing. That understand the time they were living in. But they also know, first of all, what time it is, what God is doing. And then they know how to be able to invest their life Right. So they would wake up in the morning with a purpose and a passion, seeing how Michael fits into God's bigger purpose and plan. And then you're stepping in from an identity. You're finding that identity. You also discover your destiny, your purpose and your place. And that gives you passion, by the way. And that's why it's burning in my bone. When I start to talk about these things, I get excited because I have seen where we end. And it ends so well. It started well and it ends well. And in the middle of the road, there are some bumps and challenges. And I'm in the middle of it. If that's some physical pain and some broken bones. And I've had some. And then in the middle of all the stuff that's going on, when I'm looking ahead, I can see that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not Antichrist. And I can see how it's going to end, and it end's good. Mm. So that's why I can wake up every single morning with a purpose and a plan and join God in what He is doing so that Jesus' last command becomes
0: my first priority. Wow. If it's not good, it's not the end. Yeah. Hmm. So for our listeners out there who are, who are feeling overwhelmed by... The fear you talked about the fear that comes from the media. You talked about all these different things that are hitting us on every side that are telling us that the news is bad. How do we fix our eyes on the truth? How do we fix our eyes on the reality of the good? How do we how do we not get caught up in the swirl of fear that's happening in our world today?
1: Yeah, I've had to limit myself also because I have a tendency because. Uh, Part of my assignment is also to be a person and understands what's going on. So I listen to too much news. and keeping up with and, and all the different channels. I do realize that, uh, and, and by the way, most of the news I listen to is on the opposite side of where I believe. Uh, because I don't need to listen to the news of people that says yes and amen to what I believe. I want to hear the other side. So when I do invest my time, I listen a lot to the left news. I read left newspapers and things like that in Europe, and I'm keeping up what's going on. So in the world right now, as I'm saying, there's about 7.8 billion people. And among, and I think it's so much also why Jesus has not come back yet is because, as I'm saying, there's still about three points on billion that have little or no access to the gospel. And 1.7 billion have never once heard the name of Jesus. They didn't even know that Jesus has come the first time. We are waiting for the second coming of Jesus. They have never even heard of the first coming of Jesus. And this is a very important thing. So, when all of these things are taking place, for me, it is to keep my eyes on Jesus and focusing on Jesus. Because uh, when I'm following Jesus and say, good morning, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you up to? Uh, because when I'm listening to all the different news that is going to take me away from peace... A lot of people, are uh, practically speaking, I encourage them to turn off a lot of the peace and even sometimes some of the social media. And I think it could be very good for us also to be able to make sure that is this in line with Matthew 24, 14? Wow, is this... Good. Good news, gospel, because the gospel is good news. Are you representing good news? Mm -hmm. And why is good news so hard to believe? So I feed myself also with good news of people that are being healed from sons and daughters all over the world that sends me the reports and this is what Jesus is doing. And I told you that last night I spent three and a half hours just looking. I have about 2,000 videos on my phone and I was just sitting and getting so overwhelmed by God that what I get to be part of. And that's one of the reasons a little Norwegian like me, I'm just overwhelmed overwhelmed three and a half hours i fed myself after listening 30 minutes on fox news and cnn i just shut that off and i spent looking at my phone just looking at a video all these mission impossible and why i have such an appetite for the impossible because when i'm realizing this is what you have done god i no longer have no excuse any longer Mm. to be involved in everything. It doesn't matter how big the giants are. I have a God that is bigger. But I fed myself. I'm feeding my faith. I'm feeding my hope. I'm feeding my love. I'm making sure to feed that with healthy nutrients. And I'm not going to listen to the vultures because they're coming there to eat dead things. I'm going to listen to the eagles, and I'm going to soar with wow. the eagles, and I'm going to operate with wings as the eagle so that you can see the invisible. And when you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Mm. So feed yourself with things that gives life. Feed yourself with good news. Look at the kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Matthew 6.33. And his righteousness. Not your righteousness. Not their. His righteousness. Feed yourself with. I'm looking at the king, Jesus. And his kingdom. The rule and the reign of Jesus in every area. And his way of living and loving. His righteousness. And then he says, all these things shall be added unto you. I think that many times we have all these other struggles because we have not put the priority what we are seeking first. Then other things comes on the top of our priority list. Mm. And then things will be subtracted from us instead of added to us. Wow.
0: Wow, Leif, I love how you said... That you watched 30 minutes of Fox News, 30 minutes of CNN, and then you turned it off and you went and you focused on what the Lord had done. You focused on the memory stones. You focused on the goodness of God because we're not victims to our society. We're not victims to our culture. We have a choice of what we feed in the midst of that, just like you said. Yeah, and just remember that whatever overwhelms you shapes you.
1: So when you're being overwhelmed by fear, overwhelmed by circumstances, overwhelmed by what is going to happen with Supreme Court or COVID-19, you know, I'm not talking about let's ignore everything that's going on. But in this world, you will have trouble. But be good, be of good cheer because you have because He has overcome the world. So we have this overcomer anointing. In the middle of the darkness, my stock goes up because I'm in the light business. In the middle of fear, I just continue to get an upgrade in love because perfect love now casts out fear so every time fear comes against me I face fear I did it yesterday and that's one of the reasons what I did at that moment I started to look up instead of looking out Mm -hmm. and then whatever overwhelms me starts to shape me. I'm being so overwhelmed by love. I start to get so overwhelmed by His holiness. Holy, 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 in the middle of all the pollution that is out there. And whatever overwhelms you starts to shape you. What you're beholding, you're becoming. And what you become is now what you start to release. And it is just this beautiful thing. So even when people have things coming against them, stop for a moment. Write down what are actually some of the things you fear. Because even scientifically speaking, 95% of what you fear will never happen. So, dear, make a list of some of those fears. It's kind of a name you're a giant. And if you have a name for your giant, find a name for God. Wow. So, if I need healing, then Jehovah Rapha, mm. or Jehovah Sikenu. or Jehovah Shalom, if I need peace. So, i suddenly realizing it's like if Bill Gates was my father. I just would realize if I have a financial issue, I actually don't have any problem when I know who my father is. So, for every problem you have, God has a name.
0: Mm. Come
1: on. And usually he just said that I am. And I am that I am. That's a covenant name. That's the wedding band. So wake up in the morning, put on your robe, but also put on your ring. The robe gets you to heaven, but the ring brings heaven to you, the signature ring of sonship, where you say Abba, Father, to represent your Father here on earth. And this is when it starts to be exciting, and yes, it is tough, it's difficult, and yes, there is suffering, and yes, it's not just here is an easy thing to take up that cross and following him, but right in the middle of the adventure of this very incredible life, there is this resurrection life. So if you have a long Friday moment, just remember, Sunday is coming and even in the middle of all of that that when a thief came to kill steal and destroy jesus always came to give life and life more abundantly and that's who i'm focusing on the life and life more abundantly that comes out of all of these circumstances and situation that's why you consider it joy when these trials comes against you because it leads to upgrades Woo!
0: (laughs) i I don't know about y'all out there, but I feel encouraged right now and just uplifted to fix my eyes and look at the times and know what's going on, but also to know that he who begun a good work is faithful to complete it. And it ends good. It ends good. It ends good. So Leif, um, go ahead. I would love to hear some closing thoughts. And then if you'll just pray for us, um, that would be amazing. I just wanted
1: to encourage you to look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and I want you to look and say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm born for such a time as this, that I'm born in a world right now with a 7.8 billion people, but there is only one person like you. And it is not just that he loves you, but he likes you. He delights in you. And he saw somebody that was so Mm. valuable. Just look at the price that Jesus paid for you. Mm. And hold, there's a purpose with your life. And when you start to see where the enemy has attacked you, it's because you have authority in those areas. Mm. So where the serpent has bitten you is where you have the greatest authority. Mm. So my encouragement for you is just... Even using the next 30 days, perhaps shut off bad news and start still listening to good news. Feed yourself with good news. Start to make a little list of some of the things the scriptures have to say about you, about your identity, because your identity is the key to your destiny. The identity and the test and the season. and there is a war against the identity. And the enemy, Lucifer himself, is trying to steal your identity. So that's why it's important just to make a little bit list of what Papa God says about you. Because he says that you're my beloved son. He says that you are holy. He says that you are righteous. He says that by my stripes you are healed. There's all these things that may be true, but it is not the truth. And the truth will set you free. And the truth is what Jesus says about you. And for you then to come there to Jesus and just live in this incredible, open, honest, authentic, so if you're struggling with fear, that's okay. That means you are having an invitation to get an upgrade in love. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with sadness in the middle, it is an invitation for you to have an upgrade in the oil of gladness. If you're struggling with storms, internal storms in your mind, it is an invitation for you to have an encounter with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So everything that comes against you, make a list of it, it's an invitation for you to have an encounter and experience with the opposite in the nature of God. And now what you're beholding, you will become, and what you become is what you start to release. And I'm going to release that grace over you, not just the grace to enjoy, but also the grace to endure. And I'm just encourage and challenge you in this season. There's a shaking going on, but if you're holding on to something, just let go of it in the middle of the shaking. Because eventually when there's nothing in your life that can be shook, that's when you are free. And that is a place of total surrender. It's a place of exchange. And they cannot do anything. They cannot do anything to me because you cannot hurt a dead person. So when you are actually being crucified with Christ, and it is no longer you who live, but it is Christ who lives in you. When you are starting to recognize that, and He is alive and He is doing very, very well. When you are in Him and He is in you, and the union, the oneness that you have with Him. Wow. And from that very place, for you to love you the way that He loves you, Loves you, there's no place the enemy can go. And I want to pl- pray a special grace over you at this very moment for you to receive just a fresh baptism of love in the middle of all the shaking. Father, I just thank you so much that you are a good, good Papa, a good, good Father. That's who you are. And loved and loved and loved, that's who we are. And I'm just asking now, Father, for because i it's not that I'm ignoring from the COVID-19 and even as I was looking yesterday and feeling the pain as I realized 200,000 Americans has lost their life. And a lot of it could have been avoided just if the orphan with the orphan spirit could just come home and find their identity in you and lead from love. And all the family that's been affected, I just ask for your mercy and your grace and your love to touch those families. And even as we're looking to this fall, as the shaking continues to shake around us, I thank you in the middle of it, there's things that is unshakable. I thank you there is an unshakable kingdom. And there is an unchanging person. And his name is Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you are king you're king over the past, your're king in the presence, the king of the future you're the same yesterday today, and forever and I just wanted at this very moment to declare the very kingdom, that Jesus, you are the king of this kingdom, and you rule and reign in every area of my life. So I just invite you to be on the throne, and I just honor you with that. I honor you as the Lord of my life. And at this very moment, for people that need healing, thank you, Jesus, you're king over sickness and disease, you're king over bondage, you're king over fear. I thank you that every single thing that every single person is struggling with, that Jesus, you you can identify with him. and says, so I took that. I went through that. I experiencing that. I experiencing loneliness. I experiencing the shaking. I experiencing even at the moment where I felt whew, if there was another way. But I had you in my mind. Because I knew that there's a father that loves you so much that he was willing to send me. And I love my father so much and I loved you so much that I was willing to leave heaven to come down. For such a time as this. And I just ask, give us the eyes of love, the eyes of love, so we can see into the unloved realms. There's people that can see into the unseen realm, but raise up a people that can see into the unloved realms. Come, Holy Spirit. There you are, yeah. (laughs) Holy, holy, Holy Spirit. Thank you. We're not alone. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. John fourteen eighteen. And I thank you for the very spirit of adoption. The spirit of sonship, daughtership that says, Abba, Father. So, Father, at this very moment, I ask that the Holy Spirit would just take our hand and bring it into the father's hand and let us experience the embrace of the father the look of the father the hand of the father the love of the father the joy of the father's presence the freedom of not being out there alone knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us And you promised, you promised that you're going to be with us all the way to the end. So just minister people that are lonely in the middle of all of this. I just bless that. In the sweet, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Headland. And sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.